All right. Hi. Uh, welcome to the Plot Armor Podcast. It's me, Candles. I'm Matt. And it's Jamie. I'm back. Yay. And our other two hosts that are normally here are not here, which means I'm driving this bus, which means it's going to be a weird one. That's why the opening was so smooth. Anyway. It's going to be a fun <laughs> one. We have a, we have a, we have a very, <laughs> we have a very, we have a very, very Port Catherine podcast today. I yeah. hope everyone's excited. I'm cosplaying as the cholera today. Oh, <laughs> oh man, there was some good. There were some good cholera jokes that happened uh, at uh, the Winter Feast. By the way, we can get to those later. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... So this is for uh, the Port Catherine Winter event, which uh, the three of us attended as well as many of our other friends and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I it was a very well-attended winter event. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, no, I, had a, I had a blast. Um, uh, so, I have something to talk about. Go ahead. <laughs> let's, um, let's hear it. Oh, mostly, yeah, you had a juicy time. I did. Mostly, I when I so when I arrived there, it's it's hard to be Eldred in social situations because he's bad at it. So All Matt three decided. Of our characters are very bad at social situations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yes. so I decided on the car ride there that uh, Eldred relaxes one day out of the year and that's on the uh new year <laughs> our new year uh because nothing can attack you on that day everything just kind of calms down so it's it's a nice calm time and he doesn't need to constantly stare out the window <laughs> that actually uh, makes a lot of sense i like that choice yeah uh so he showed up um there was an open bar i had a drink um and it, it worked as a good social lubricant, and I just kind of, oh. you know, was able to, like, chat with people that I normally don't, which was really cool. Um, <clears throat> Who did you chat with that was new? Uh, so, Rhett, and I cannot remember her name. Adelaide. Adelaide. Adelaide yeah. yeah, I hung out with them. Uh, they were really cool. They were really fun. Um, on top of that, uh, I hung out with, oof, who else? You Those met your two. girlfriend's boyfriend. I did. I oh. well, I knew him already. I saw I saw him murder murdering Steve in the woods. So <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> uh, that's how I met Bertrand, um, <laughs> which was a a time. Um, but uh, yeah, I hung out with Anna a whole bunch. I hung out with Francis a lot. Um, let's actually back this up because I realized uh, we skipped over the. Uh, the event had this fun thing called the Cabinet of Mystery. Oh yes, <laughs> we've skipped over on so many things. We did. But... You kind you kind of explained what the winter event is in your description yeah. of of Eldred's interaction with it. But winter event is essentially one day a year, uh, no violence is allowed. It's a tradition so deeply embedded in all Catherines that no one would think to break it. And uh, then we engage in our favorite sport, which is capitalism. And we buy a lot of things, <laughs> including yeah. drinks, gambling, a silent auction, and a live auction. And yeah. also, we bake a lot of food and compete with our food. It's just a lot of competitions and capitalism. But this yep. time, we're not allowed to stab each other as part of it. 
So that's the rough outline of the event. I got a sore spot about that live auction, but whatever, we'll get to that. Oh, whoa, whoa, we'll get to the live auction. That was uh, my favorite part of the event. Um, so, um, yes, yeah. the first thing that drew most people's attention at the event was the mystery box, which had, I don't know, how do you want to describe the mystery box candles? So, the Cabinet of Mysteries, from what I saw, it was like a tall box that was really well decorated and slash painted i think it was real cool um it had three heads on it i think one was a skull one was definitely a unicorn one was a unicorn and one was like an angler fish (laughs) um there was an in part of the box and there was an out part of the box and uh what happens is people put something into the cabinet of mysteries (laughs) and stuff would come out and it was always Boy, would it. <laughs> it was a very large part of my night which is why i wanted to bring it up because i think francis and i ran back and forth around that thing like 10 times just shoving stuff in one side and waiting to see what would come out the other like... I, I will say there was a person inside of the box <laughs> for the entire duration of the event yeah. and it this was includes set up time yeah, yeah. it was an incredibly small <laughs> space. Like this wasn't like like a refrigerator box where you could like stand up and like stretch and walk around in. This was like a, a solid. I don't even know. Like, this is why at one point in the night, from the output slot came a note that said, um, "The box thirsts," which yes. was basically, <laughs> which was basically this NPC's way of um, saying. Uh, I desperately need water, and I'm starting to freak out about (laughs) three hours into being in this box. And a couple people got that and, like, brought back, like, ice chips and uh, water. And a couple people just started hitting on the box because they took thirst in a really different direction. started, Started coming up with, like, great pickup lines and like box themed uh sexy phrases and like let me tell you both both reactions were good because one saved a staffer from dying inside this tiny box and the other just really (laughs) added a lot to the world of flirtation Oh, thank goodness it was PG-13 the whole time. Anyway, I'm looking forward to next year when the list of eligible bachelors slash bachelorette slash eligible folks that yeah. are in yes. Port Catherine. I'm excited for Cabinet of Mysteries to be number one. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. But yeah. Um, yeah, so... Winter event was fun. A lot of people were just like, you know, it's a whole lot of just, hey, what has your character been up to? Which, since I'm changing professions and stuff, I had a decent amount of just like, oh, you know, I'm living in a hole. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the iron that's in this supposed iron mine. Um, oh, right, because you're picking up iron mines as yeah. uh, something. Yeah, so yeah, so it's just like it's just like, oh well, Eldred, have you been it's like, oh, you know, well, uh, I, I I'm learning how to do the mine. I'm learning how to put the braces in, and you can see how I'm getting better at it as I go. And everyone's like, well, why don't you replace the old ones? Like, well, what if I gotta collapse the mine? Why would you have to collapse <laughs> the mine, Eldred? Or what if I wake something up and it gets mad? Then I have to collapse the mine. Oh, no. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of how mines go in Port Catherine. So I feel like that's very reasonable. <laughs> uh, and people, you know, um, Eldred trying to learn how to read better and stuff like that. Uh, so it was, it was just like kind of fun. And then Anna was talking to me, and she's like, "Oh, are you learning how to read maps?" And then like, I just got this far away stare. It's like, "Oh, fuck." 
I gotta learn to read maps now too. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like put my head down for five minutes. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, we were discussing this uh, that there's kind of a lot of people in Port Catherine who are versions of disasters, but I feel like Eldred is kind of the most pure disaster, where he's just pure in the sense of innocence, you know, where he's just kind. He's doing his best, right? And he's just very <laughs> overwhelmed by what is happening in the world around him. That's yeah. <laughs> Both oh. in like the very big scale, but also on the extraordinarily small scale. Too. Uh, oh my God. I think my my favorite one of my favorite things I said all night is uh someone asked like, oh, who do you talk to a whole bunch? Like, oh, mostly the echo in the mine. I like him. He has the same anxieties about things that I do. Uh, <laughs> I think that was one of my favorite character lines that I heard. Just like all of them. There was a couple like really baller ones, but that one I heard from you, and I was just I was dying. And I'm not really allowed to laugh. In character, so I had to really hold it in. Yeah, but it was um, too, so good. I, I love when you and I are standing on the outport of uh, the cabinet of mystery. Now I just like look at you. I'm like, what if what if poop comes out? And you were like, hmm, that is a problem. How about you put your hands out then, bodyguard? And I went, but but you can turn <laughs> intangible. Why don't you do it? So I don't have to. And you're like, mm, that's fair. <laughs> I said that's fair as I continued to watch you hold your hands out now with the very real fear that shit was going to come out the other end. But nope, we got some coins. So wait, what was your favorite? What was I? I need to know from everybody what your favorite mystery box moment was because I, to, I think most people who are listening to this were probably just at the Port Catherine event. But for people who weren't, um, you you put something in and something always came out uh, and. This ranged wildly, and I want to know what you guys, what your weirdest one was. So, so for me personally, or just one that I was a part of? <laughs> no, I want to know what yours personally was. Okay, yeah. mine personally was when we took one of the uh, the plastic coins that it gave us, put it in, and then uh, Arcanum came out the other side. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So a plastic most... coin turned into a magic rock. That's good. Yeah, and then like I walked by, and Mr. Hull's like, where did you get that? And I was like, the box gave it to me. And he's like... That probably means someone put Arcanum in there. What is wrong with everybody? It was fantastic. <laughs> I would say my favorite that I heard of was um when Montgomery put his head in the box <laughs> and the box paid him to leave. <laughs> um, but I put a page with a picture of the Aether Moose on there. Um, that said Aether Moose, put it in the box and spit out of the box and said, talk like that, people are going to accuse you of being a wizard. <laughs> <gasps> That's how you got that paper! Oh yeah, Corco is, like, considerably distressed because she's been really stressed out about the Saints of the Land of the Sea being something that will brand her a heretic. <laughs> and it's all becoming too real. <laughs> oh my gosh! What about I Prudence? I wish I'd seen that picture. I oh, know. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to bring it with me. I have it still. Yeah. What about what about Prudence? Who was up with Prudence? So okay. So the problem is, I had a couple really good ones. Tell um, us all of them. I want. Well, I want to highlight all the people involved in it. Um, I much like uh, you, Matt. Immediately flocked to this box as the weirdest thing, and it was weird enough that I could, I could justify Prudence doing a very social activity despite being a very antisocial person because she was like this is extremely odd and i i want to play with it <laughs> um, so did a couple random things and as soon as me and isaac were over there and isaac is the the <laughs> i can't say he's the town lawyer because technically there's two but he really sells himself as the only <laughs> lawyer in town or at least the best one. 
Um, and he's amazing. And he's our official ship lawyer. We've had him on, on contract for uh, over a year now, much to his detriment. We are the black spot on his lawyering record because he's, he has, because of this, had to defend the least defensible person in town, which is Montgomery. And so I pull him aside and I'm like, Isaac, what if we put a will in the box? And he immediately says, absolutely. And like, he pulls <laughs> out all of his like official papers. He, pl- he We write up like a very real will for my character. I go through what all, where all my belongings are going to go, what's going to happen with my body. All of these things, by the way, are all very distressing. Um, <laughs> and we get the whole thing sorted. And I put it in the box. And a number of people are like, what are you putting in the box? And I look at them gleefully and just say, my will. <laughs> And no one was surprised because my character has branded herself really aggressively as this kind of person. But no one was happy about it. (laughs) And what I got out of the box was a 50% discount on funerals. um, Which is great because then I told Montgomery that I'm going to use it on his funeral much to his distress because he doesn't want a discount funeral. So now I have the ability to just kind of ruin Montgomery's life even after his life is over. Yeah. Don't sanctify his spirit so he has to watch his discount funeral. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> but the, the real charm of the box was that um, the staffer who invented this, a genius, um, really only had to have seven or eight things to put out of the box. Because then at that point, we just put in enough dumb stuff that he could then put our own shit back out. Yep. So someone put something in the box and out comes, this is like an hour later into the evening, out comes my will with a note that says, if this person dies, you will soon. And so they come over to me in utter distress, and they're like, Prudence, you can't die now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and by that same logic is how I became the soulmate of the town prostitute, Evangeline. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh, I hung out with her a bit, too. Oh, God. <laughs> She's a treasure in every way, um, both the character and the player. Yes. She, in the middle of the evening, came running over to my character. She, by the way, just to, to kind of give everyone a picture of this, is wearing a all-white, beautiful gown, like almost wedding gown-esque, big, poofy bottom. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing an all-black gown, <laughs> big, poofy bottom. We are perfect opposites. Like, this is a real, um, like, wicked... Uh, alpha kind of moment here she comes running over to me and says Prudence put out your pinky and I'm just like I'm terrified of Evangeline because she commands a lot of sexual energy that Prudence doesn't understand (laughs) so I just just do it and she shoves this tiny like ring that actually perfectly fits my pinky and like looks at me in utter surprise and also excitement and I was like oh what what is this for? And she said, the box gave it to me with a note that said, whoever's finger fits this ring is my true love. And like, I just go stock still. I'm like, absolutely not. This isn't happening. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, it's perfect because it genuinely only fit me. I have probably the smallest fingers of anyone at that LARP. I just have tiny hands. And she had tried it on a number of other significantly better suitors. And... (laughs) Clearly discovered that I had the only hands that would fit this ring. So Prudence just like exits this entire conversation midway through because she really just can't 
come to terms with this concept <laughs> that like yet another romance has been thrust upon her because that as we discussed last episode is like the comedy of her character is that yes. she hates romance and she's in like the middle of three I love it oh. so then Evangeline puts her shoe in the box and out the other side comes a note that says whoever returns your shoe um, you should have a dance with and and here, here I go thinking well it would be really funny in the meta if I got her shoe but also <laughs> in the meta I know that the box seems to churn out other people's belongings like a good dozen or so uh, inputs after so I put something in the box right after her <laughs> and out comes her motherfucking shoe <laughs> and she at that point is like across the, the, the room and I just stand there holding her shoe in like shock and dismay until she turns around and sees me just standing there holding the shoe, like trying to kind of like waiting to die, you know, and just comes again, like running over, uh, grabs me, like grabs her. And she's like, oh, I knew it's like we're true loves. And like it was it was the funniest set of coincidences oh that that God. box could have possibly created. Oh God! Oh, magic box. If it, <laughs> no, oh, he he performed real magic in that box. Oh, I he did. Not give him enough. Oh, love. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh my God! No. Like I I had some great role play with um Evangeline's uh, player. Like Matt loves Evangeline. Uh, Matt loves Evangeline's player. Eldred is terrified of Evangeline, similar to the reason that you know Prudence is. Is yep. oh I don't understand. Oh God. Um. And, like, there's a part, like, early in the thing where, like, I was talking with Evangeline, and then somehow we got onto, you know, the subject of work, and then eventually she looked at me and went, yeah, I could I could make you a real man. I just need to bring you into my room. And, like, <laughs> uh, Eldred just, oh, no. Um, and I think it was either Francis or Anna grabbed my hand and just, like, pulled me away. Um, <laughs> There's like Which, I'm gonna save you from this uncertainty. Yeah, you know, like on on like Anna and Francis, like both throughout the night, had like pulled me out of uh, that conversation with Evangeline and said, "Stop going near her. Stop it." And I was just like, "Okay." <laughs> We're the same way. We we throw our characters at the the characters we know they hate the most, but who we find the most joy. At well, yeah, it's, it's, the, the role play is so funny and good. <laughs> um, yo, Candles, what were what were you up to? What was I up to? Beginning of event to middle of event. Begin, beginning of event to... Uh, I got some, some good food. Oh, the yeah. food that they had at the event <clears throat> was absolutely amazing. I will say that... Some some of the players in PK, if not a lot of the players in PK, they know how to cook. Oh yeah, it was good. It's some really, really good do. food. Um, I got a cool thing, a gift from Captain Hazelbright. Oh, Captain Hazelbright came to Corka and was all like, "I have a gift for you." And Corka's like very excited, like, "Oh, <laughs> a gift present from the captain. I must have done something real good," kind of thing. Um, and he comes up and gives her. A feather, like a huge peacock feather, really inconvenient to carry around. <laughs> I will say that. Um, and Clark is like, "What's this?" And Hazelbright's like, "This is a feather from the Heron King." And Clark is just like, "Because <laughs> that's one of the saints of the sea, which is the the religion yep. you're very intense about." Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so she. 
So um, Hazelbright said that either, I think it was Pleasant or Zed or Bishop was going to come up and explain to her how it worked. Um, so now she knows she has a way to summon the Herring King. Uh-huh. Um, which is kind of like a, oh, okay, yeah. oh, sort of thing. I don't, I don't have a good repertoire with the Heron King, because he walked yeah. in, he walked up to me, and was like, area pain, and I was like, ah, and he walked away. Oh. <laughs> so. Prudence, Prudence personally hates all of the Saints of the Sea at this point, but I, uh, Jamie, really loved watching that interaction, because I happened to be sitting right next to you when that happened, and I was just <laughs> like, this is so perfect. Aww, what, no. what about Whale Mom? Whale Mom's fine. That's real sweet. She just cries. <laughs> huh? Oh, the, the whale mother? Yeah, whale mom doesn't hurt nobody. I she just cries. Probably crashed into ships or something, I don't I know. Think, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a, a decent chunk of people who have some justifiably skeptical views on the saints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, so, having that was really cool. Um, I... Clarka spends a lot of time talking to Montgomery. <laughs> Clarka spends a lot of time hanging out with Montgomery. And I'm kind of like, is this a problem? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> is this a problem? Because, like, some people are starting to associate. Someone even was like, oh, hey, you two, like, a thing? <laughs> oh, Clarka's no. like, yeah. <laughs> Clarka got, like, the faraway stone and was like, what? <laughs> no. Well, Montgomery was pretty pretty cool about it. Like, I don't remember. I think Montgomery started being all, like, vague and stuff. Oh, yeah. But Clarka was very confused. Oh, my God. So that would be kind of a disaster, but it's pretty funny. I, yeah. <laughs> He's got money. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're, they're hanging. Oh, well, that's what they said. They're like, if you're going to marry Montgomery, do it now. He's got a lot of money. Oh, no, he got cut off. Never mind. He has no money. <laughs> Montgomery doesn't think that. Montgomery frequently doesn't actually know how much money he has. I also think that Hobbs, uh, at any point in time, has all of his money and spent like almost all of it at the auction, which again we'll get to. <laughs> um, he, he wanted that bone. Oh. Boy, did he! Um, yeah, no, it was. You don't associate yourself with Montgomery. It's a terrible idea. He's wanted oh for treason and witchcraft, which are basically oh. the two highest crimes in our entire society. But, 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 but both he... of us have bled for this weird fop, man. <laughs> mostly, I think mostly um, the, the player is just a person who I recognize who's usually just kind of like hanging out. So I, I generally just go over and sit with them because I know the conversation is going to be like at least engaging. Oh, absolutely. Um, no, no, no. This is very I, similar I, to Evangeline, where like it might not be the right idea for the player, but it's great for the role play. Yeah. But it's going to be funny. Yeah. I don't know. I loved. I loved. I I walked by a cluster that was Montgomery, Hobbs, and like a couple of other people. And Montgomery like reached out and like grabbed my shoulder. I was like, "Help me convince Mister Hobbs to bed his betrothed." And I was just like, "Oh no, what's going on?" Like, <laughs> yeah, he does a very good job of making um, very comical scenes. Sometimes also very serious scenes, but like very comical scenes that. Uh, include a lot of people like let a lot of people engage and partake not just like as watching the scene and enjoying it um but like oh help me convince help me do this weird thing um he's very very good at that i'm gonna miss him when he's gone (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> we all we all know that that character is not surviving uh any more than maybe two seasons at best um the player will uh, definitely continue though yes so. yes did, did prudence do anything fun at the uh, at the event um i did much like you guys i deeply enjoyed um the food um this was one of those times that i also got to socialize with people that sometimes i don't see as much uh i immediately remembered how hard it is to play an introvert though i was i was just like slapped in the face with like oh right i'm in a room with all these people i love and my character hates socializing (laughs) (laughs) Um, so i i really leaned on the connections that i knew she was okay engaging in and then just kind of let those branch from there um I have a lot of the same connections as you guys, so I, I spent some time with, with Anna. Uh, I always love catching up with her. I spend a bunch of time with just um, Avi to enjoy Avi in, like, beautiful clothing because that's someone who has, like, fantastic costuming skills um, but is always playing, like, a disheveled... Um, oh my gosh what is it artificer and so they're always like covered in dirt and like kind of a disaster and so they got to use this as an excuse to be uh all regal and noble and pretend that they hated it while secretly i was just like this is an amazing costume the people's costume gang was out of this world at the event oh Oh, yeah absolutely so it's always good to catch up with like avi and anna who are who are very much so prudence's like very sweet disconnected friends like we're not involved in any serious plot together we just come together to talk about like uh family stuff or like the day-to-day stuff they're they're very lovely parts of her life that i i'm curious to see how if if going into the next couple of uh seasons if those bonds will shift into being part of the more dramatic storyline that's at play, or if it'll kind of stay that nice friendship <laughs> space. I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. curious to see where that will go. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I play with, yeah, I play with the mystery box a lot. Um, and then mostly I, much like uh, you, Candles, playing your role on the ship as the the ship's, what is the, what is the name of your role? I'm a ship chaplain. Chaplain, right. Um, I think that like this last season and event we all kind of like firmed up our positions on the ship which was really nice i like as we're like a season away from having a ship i feel like we're all starting to slot ourselves into our roles on the outer ring trading company um mine is the quartermaster which i pretended i wasn't for multiple seasons uh hobbs and i were each an eighth master because neither of us wanted the full responsibility of being in charge of the ship's financials (laughs) except that i jamie love numbers um so they they eventually were just like you're the one who's actually doing most of this work just be the quartermaster um so i was brokering a deal for um the whale blubber which was the subject of uh much complication um but uh, I would be much amiss to not give a shout out to the town council who just did an enormous amount of pre-game work to oh, yeah. sort of sort out the financials of that. So I did a lot of like talking with them and making sure that deal went through and was all secure. 
um, only to watch our ship uh, and crew members squander all their remaining personal funds fighting each other for for seven live auctions. Like I'm sitting here like running the numbers, like trying to make sure I can still like pay people and like we can still run our ship and like pay the maintenance costs. And then like you fuckers in the live auction are just the most irresponsible people with money. I was lord like i i jamie was dying laughing it was the best thing ever but prudence who's just been like pinching pennies trying to make everything fit together was like i hate all of you <laughs> oh my god the auction was so fun let's talk about the was, auction oh yeah uh, absolutely so oh uh, so like there were there was a lot of stuff for the auction so the silent auction i didn't participate in um Mostly because a lot of it was like, this sword helps you kill people faster. And Eldred's like, <laughs> gross. Um, <laughs> okay, or... the sword that helps you kill people faster, I need everyone to realize, like, Bethany, the Navy doctor, just, like, quietly bid on to a very high degree. And then just, yeah. like, took it and stuck yeah. it in her belt. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that Bethany's gonna kill everyone one of these days. She, she's making more customers. She just, like... She's one of those, like, very quiet presences in Port Catherine that I just uh, absolutely don't trust. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> it's strong. Um... The uh, action was a lot of fun. They had some pretty interesting things there. Yeah, you got in the bid war with, um... Uh, I Annalise. A, I got in a small bid war with Annalise. Oh, I didn't... <laughs> Well, mostly I kept getting encouraged by other people to go and do the thing. Yeah. Um, it got to the point though where it was like I'm borrowing money from so many other people, <laughs> and I was so certain that Annalise was just gonna be able to straight up outbid me. Yeah. So I definitely got to the point where I was like, "It's okay. It's not a big deal." <laughs> <laughs> That's um, how most people get anything in the auction, though. Is it's all like pooling your funds. I because I got a haunted pendant the previous time, and that was a ton, like a little bit of my money, and then all of Alden's savings and all oh, of Montgomery's no. savings. Like uh, I, we, I wiped out all three of our savings just to buy this, this pendant which does nothing good like it only does bad things Yay! like the human flesh i think uh -huh. i think it's probably a good thing that the the horrible hat <laughs> it was such a good hat i love that hat. the hat that i was bidding on was a, a tricorn but the the middle part of it had like a big point like a wizard hat yep yep <laughs> very silly looking um it, it's beneficial for scholars and it's beneficial for spiritualists. Yeah. And I think um, Annalise is a scholar, but I think Annalise is going to be she starting to be a kind of spiritualist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be really, really beneficial for her. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm glad that she got it, and I also know she's making it very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there were a lot of pretty interesting items that a lot of people were really, really. Into yeah, well, like I looked at the sailors like thing, and I'm like, huh, that would make sense to get. But Matt really wants Eldred to get ether corruption because uh, I really want to put uh, sorry, aether, not ether. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to I want to put like squid tentacles in my hair and stuff like that. Uh, oh, Matt, no, stop. No, I love so it. Dull. It makes me happy. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll give you the your person who got that necklace. It's it's basically a, a pendant that lets you avoid the detriments of aether corruption. I think once. Um, is a person who's already become Aether Corrupted. They were both, like, the best person for it and the worst, because it's kind of like, well, you already did that. 
I just, I, just, I just want to be a weird sort of fish man. It yeah, makes me happy. Yeah, we can do that. I'll, I'll give you your oh first gosh. ether baptism. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> You'll uh, be fine. I should have jumped in the water and swam for the harpoon when the captain forgot to hold on to the rope. Oh, no big deal. So then there was the live auction, and that was very exciting. Holy crap. Uh, so first, Mr. Hobbs just destroys his bank account trying to get the, the, the bone knife. So the quality of the bone knife was, I think, missed by a couple people because he starts bidding on it and his, uh, you know, what do we even call Montgomery? His his noble that he is an attendant to is excited because he's like, oh, yes, let's get a thing. That sounds fun, right? Montgomery just likes to have stuff. And then he realizes, Montgomery realizes as the bidding is going up and up and up that if he at any point holds this knife, he will perm because Montgomery <laughs> has one hit point and this yeah. knife to use it, you drain one vitality. And if at any point in time you have no vitality, you are dead. Like not, I need surgery. You are yeah. permanently dead. And so he's like, wait, wait, Mr. Hobbs, Mr. Hobbs, no, Mr. Hobbs, no. Uh, Mr. Hobbs? Cut him off. <laughs> and Mr. Hobbs just keeps going. He's like, I'm getting this knife. And I'll have you know, I realized very soon afterwards, I looked at him and I said, Mr. Hobbs, did you get this knife because of me? And he looks me square in the eye and he goes, absolutely. <laughs> because, because I am very well known in the town to be extremely cursed. Um, I have a lot of them. It's mostly my fault. Uh, some of them were accidents. And at one point, my curse kicked off in the middle of the day. I heard music from the music box, and I started um, going towards the music and attacking anyone who got in the way of me. And Mr. Hobbs is like a deadly force. He's, he's one of those people that can just kill you in a single hit. And he goes to stop me and realizes that he can't because I just walked with spirits right through him and then disengaged. He was just like, oh my gosh, she can throw me back 10 paces, then turn into a ghost and walk away from me. And there's nothing I can do about it. Yep. <laughs> and he really hated the idea that he couldn't basically uh, A, combat me or B, protect me if I just decided to or didn't decide to and got cursed and started walking away towards evil. So he yep. got this knife largely because he hates how much he actually can't contain me if I get too <laughs> cursed. <laughs> So, like, I am the cause of this, and I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm proud, too. Oh. That's, that's wholesome. Um, it kind oh. of is. It's like a wholesome sort of, I got this knife to kill you, but only in emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> I got this knife to put you to bed. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, what what else was sold? I don't really remember. Um, well, I remember so one of the other ones that we thought collectively was really funny was they had this box which initially I thought I was going to really want it was called like the box of solitude and it was super vague and as soon as I realized that there was a description for it like an actual clear um, thing that it did I didn't want it I've, the only thing I ever bid on at, at one of these winter events was the necklace because it, the effects were unknown and that's the only kind of object I want the effects of the box of solitude though where you can put an object in here, a cursed object, and for 24 hours, the curse doesn't do anything. And multiple people came up to me, no surprise, and said, like, Brutens, are you going to bid on that box to put all of your cursed <laughs> shit in? And I said, 
absolutely not. And a number of other individuals who are very cursed were also approached with the assumption that, like, surely you would like to put your many cursed objects in here so that they stop harassing you. The box went for, like, almost nothing. It went for, like, maybe 20 ducats. And I think that uh, staff wildly overassumed how much we would want to turn off any of our curses <laughs> because people collect curses like badges in Port Catherine. Like we, we show them off to each other. We're like, oh, you only have the music box curse. You don't have this other. You're like, oh my God. So <laughs> that one amused me because it was just so indicative of the citizens of Port Catherine that we bid ferociously on things that are very obviously cursed and haunted. And then when there's an object that could like negate the bad effects of curses we're all like ew no <laughs> yeah <laughs> those are my babies i protect them i thought that was very <laughs> funny i i don't have a curse but i'm assuming based on what i've seen from a lot of the curses it puts a lot of characters in some pretty steep danger yeah <laughs> as as much as i, I don't want to pull back the the larp curtain a little bit and say i've noticed that not only in port catherine but in like other games players love when they get to be the center of attention by being in danger because of something they quote can't control yeah. <laughs> i think that's, that's a big so reason <laughs> because then like they're like oh no so and so is walking towards the edge of the thing and then everyone has to go save them and they're like oh no me i'm the center of attention because of this curse i have oh what a tragedy like when you're in a surgery and you're just know, like yeah <laughs> yeah like people I think people probably like having curses because it means, well, there there is the kind of like culture in Port Catherine, which is like I have more curses than you. <laughs> that that's player generated. But I think there's also a thing where like people in LARP have a tendency where even if something is detrimental, if it gets you like attention, people yeah, it gets you like those role play opportunities. People jump for it. Absolutely. Oh um, yeah, and I think that's really interesting. Oh yeah, I, I like it. I liked when um, Matt was <laughs> Eldred and our captain got in a bid war over oh. a thing. So there was, so oh. there was, so there was this amazing arm like uh, bracer that artificers could get, uh, where basically you could like catch fireballs and then throw them somewhere <laughs> else. And if you're an artificer and you do it, it only takes, I think, like your use of like use trap. Whereas if you're a regular person, you have to burn a vitality to use it. So it's really useful for artificers. Um, and I'm switching over to one. So I was like, okay, cool. I, I can I can buy that. And then I found <laughs> out that, that Captain Jonathan Hazelbright wanted it. And uh, I know for a fact he has more money than me. So like I just decided to bid because I knew he could outbid me. So I decided why not to drive the price up. Uh, Eldred didn't think that. Matt did. Um, and, uh but uh, as I start bidding, people keep leaning over to me and going, "Hey, I'll, I'll throw in, I'll throw in twenty ducats." And I was like, oh, "Okay." So I just kept going. Because um, you're a brand new baby artificer, and this is an artificer-based item that would be real helpful. <laughs> I well, my favorite is that at one point he stands up when like the bidder is saying, "Like, okay, do I hear? Do I hear sixty? Do I hear 60? And Hazelbright just stands up, looks you in the eye, and goes, "I don't know, Eldred. Do we hear sixty in the back?" <laughs> And then he did, because Anna came up and went, "Hey, I, I can, I can spot you something." And my, my favorite was when Eldred fired back and was like, oh, "Captain, you only have one arm." Let me fucking have it. 
So I need you to know that as the ship quartermaster and also as the captain's uh, like romantic partner, I was dying for so many reasons. Reason one, you're the artificer and it would definitely make more sense for you to have it. Reason two, I had just commissioned the captain an extremely expensive elective surgery to replace his missing arm. And I am not planning on paying for that. I was thinking like, oh, I know the captain has like a decent personal savings. I'm sure he can afford it. (laughs) And then I watch him spend 90 fucking ducats to get a bracer for his non-existent non-artificer arm. And I'm like, this is the man that I just wrote a letter to my mom asking, like, but please, mom, can you let me date him? He's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, maybe I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Kevin Hazel Bright. He's, he's a, a man of conviction, if nothing else. Yes. <laughs> Rarely a man of reason, but always a man of conviction. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it was very good. I uh, enjoyed that. So, the like, live auction was so funny uh, just for that like, reason. Fucking Captain, like Captain Stone, walks behind me and just goes, "Hey, I'm offering loans." And like everyone looked at me, like, "Do not look at <laughs> not him." Like and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so my other favorite op- uh, auction item was the hot air balloon ride because that went oh a crazy amount. That sold for what two hundred ducats. I think more than that. I think like 215. Oh my god. (laughs) So my favorite thing about the hot air balloon was not actually the auction where it goes for this huge amount of money. um, But instead the pre-discussion that Montgomery had with (laughs) Clarity Soames, the governor. Did you guys hear this? Yeah! (laughs) Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, because Clarico is really worried. In a super naive way that was very funny. <laughs> the fucking oh my god, just like So the basic the basic play here is Montgomery is trying to convince Clarity Soames. Uh he's trying to convince Clarity Soames that she wants to go on this hot air balloon ride with him. Yep. <laughs> and to go in with him money-wise to buy this hot air balloon ride for himself and for her and three other people of their collective choosing. <laughs> <laughs> I was only there for the end of the conversation. Did you? Were, what? What was the beginning of it? So, so like they were talking, like, uh, because I remember like Mr. Hobbs Montgomery talking, and I think like <sighs> I know, I know, Clarica heard from um Mr. Hobbs. Mr. Hobbs was like. You know, hot air balloons, they're way up high. It'd be a shame if someone fell out. And Clarica's <laughs> first thought, and this this is how you can tell that Montgomery has, like, really corrupted Clarica in some ways. Because when Mr. Hobbs says it would be a shame if someone fell out of the hot air balloon, Clarica walks up to Montgomery and goes, Mr. Montgomery, you cannot get in that hot air balloon with Clarity Soames. She will push you out. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what Montgomery said to Clarity Soames, though. He, yeah! He whispers in her ear, he goes, if you go on this hot air balloon ride with me and you pushed me out, nobody would know. Like, that was his way of trying to convince her to go on this hot air balloon ride with him. And she just walked away, like, in a total huff. She hates him so much. It's 
hilarious. I think, and I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that Montgomery wanted to get Clarity Soames in that hot air balloon to push her out. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm <laughs> so, he, so he, I remember Mr. Hobbs, like, looks at him and says, like, well, what if she pushes you out? And he just looks at him and goes, I'll hold on to her and we'll fall to the earth together. <laughs> oh my god! So she tried to put it in prayers. He was just gonna take her with him. <laughs> Prince is, it, is positive that he's like a sociopath, and so am I. <laughs> I think my favorite part was that Clarity Sims walks over, um, and then Mr. Montgomery sees her, walks up to her, and just says, I love you. And she looked fucking disgusted. <laughs> it was so good. Like, he's just doing it to make her upset. Yeah. He's really good well, at That's it. why he proposed to her at Socialite Tea. Oh, when she pro- when Montgomery <laughs> proposed to her, that was very good. Yeah, he keeps oh. looking for new spouses. He really, he burns through them like nobody's business. Oh, oh no. Uh... That's why he wants that Zuka boy. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, the live auction was brilliant. I, I really commend... Um, the staff or how they set up that event because they set up like a very good in-game reason for everyone to make like this magnificent meal. Um, yeah. They do a very good job of putting out 20 very interesting items into the world each year that are not like broken in any way, but that are just like interesting. And they yeah. do a very good job of like draining the town of their amassed wealth. And so that like people kind of slowly get back on the same level with each other after the winter game. Oh yeah, um, oh. and then it also is really good for kind of getting everyone up to date with what's happening because the last big thing that we haven't talked about at all is that at this event uh, they released a newspaper and then there was a series of speeches and then also a play um, which basically told the whole player base uh, and obviously the town um, what was happening in international news which is actually crazy like it's one of the most interesting plots that I think has happened so far in this game oh yeah um, yeah, no, I remember when the play was happening, Prosperity was standing behind me, and I just hear, this is propaganda. <laughs> and then I turned around, and she was gone, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I, I knew that some people, I think they released the newspaper before the event, right? Yes, they did, so that we could read it beforehand. Okay. I didn't read it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so I got to the event, and I just I remember looking at Matt, and I'm like, oh no! The, the queen's dead. I thought we saved her. And then I kept reading. And then I was like, oh, no, wait. No, wait. No, it's a fake queen. Oh, no. Oh, this is a disaster. Oh, God. <laughs> so I had to go through that little, like, oh, my gosh. Everything is falling apart. This is terrible. Oh, no. What do we do uh, at the event? <laughs> wow. That's a lot of emotions to do very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, so so I think. This is this is what I remember, and I, I can always go back and read it, I guess. <laughs> um, so we managed to get Queen Catherine safely off of Port Catherine, right? Yes, we did. But she wasn't able to return because it's her cousin, Qu- Pr- Princess Anne? Yeah, um, yeah, so basically Princess Anne is a huge traitor. Uh she's working with what McHenry her betrothed who's also like running the navy and is also working with oh boy uh one of the pirates and 
they're who are yeah they're all very interconnected and all corrupt and it's all bad uh, <laughs> ah lord so there's basically and this plot has been brewing for a while like, a number of characters knew parts of this plot and some characters knew all of this plot um mm-hmm. depending on how well uh sort of informed and networked you are as a character that's something that i've never really engaged in so yeah. i just like heard it word of mouth from people who are much better connected than me but this is kind of like the big overarching plot going into the next year is like how do we deal with being at war with Tiago, which is the real war that's happening that's very official and everyone knows about. Yo. Secretly being at war with our own country, um, of which there's definitely a coup in progress. Yeah. And then also dealing with the many wars that we have on our own port uh, with like dark forces like the Shadow or the Fae, who we like kind of dealt with and are definitely still a problem. Oh, God. I miss when the hospital worked. <laughs> yeah, Lordy. You, you miss know, it what right you guys now. Think is the, <laughs> uh, what do you guys think are the, the is actually the biggest threat going into this year? Um. Um. Oh boy, the biggest threat I'd say is shit. Um. Oh god. Aether I, Moose, hands I, down. Alright, well, alright. Well, <laughs> I I want to say probably Tiago, mostly because uh we're the only we're we're a little we're a little rock that hangs out between uh Tiago and <laughs> Kitharan territory. Mm-hmm. Um which is Loda, and that would be a night it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Um mostly because the the Fae don't have guns. Guns are scary and loud. That's and, true. As a spiritualist, I'm way more scared of the Fae than I am of Tiagans. Yeah, I definitely... I think the, the Fae slash the Shadow, I think that whole thing is something that, like... If if we're talking about, like, character, what we think the biggest threat is, Cork is probably way more scared of the Fae. Um, mostly because they are different... And they're like supernatural to a degree, so that could end up real bad. People can die yeah. super easy. She, she's, you know, that we we really pooched that that shadow fight. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see if we can recover from that, or if things are gonna just like get worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably where Prudence is too. I think she's very she's always. Uh, most interested in and most scared of the things that she doesn't totally understand. Like yeah. she don't you're wrong, she's very scared of everything, but she's from what she does understand about the Fae, she's like, this is so big and so terrifying. And I guess it's more immediate. Tiago definitely like came to our doorstep, but that's only because uh the queen was on our our colony when they attacked. I think Tiago has potential to be the bigger scary force, mostly because in that final fight against the Tiagans, that was rough. <laughs> that I was, loved that fight. That, that was, was a amazing. good fight. No. It was really good, but a lot <clears throat> of people went into surgery, yep. and a lot of people. It was it was potentially very very scary. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see going forward this year what ends up being the bigger threat. Mm-hmm. Like, are the Tiagans going to come and bother us a whole bunch? I don't 
They got guns downstairs. Are the fae going to be dormant for a little while, or are things going to flare up? Are the fae going to get guns? That's the real, the real question. I'm I suppose curious. they could. I don't want them to. I'm curious. <laughs> and I know that this is just me throwing out some wild speculation, because I don't know much about this whole thing. Yeah. I don't know what Montgomery's connection with the shadow was, but when Montgomery gets killed, is that going to be a problem? So I know what his connection is because he stated it pretty clearly in a number of meetings. He has stated that he is uh, a, a shadow mage, basically. Um, okay. So, like, he can do magic, and the shadow uh, gave him that magic, uh, I believe is how it works. Um, okay. So, like, he... I don't actually think it's going to affect the shadow negatively at all. Like, it, it seems to me like it will affect him negatively. Um, <laughs> and, like, Prudence has the theory, and she's stated this a number of times, so I don't feel weird saying this on, on the podcast, um, that she thinks there are things uh, the Fae, and I, I don't know if we include the shadow in that or not, uh, can't do without people. And that's why she thinks that they give people magic, is that she, they're trying to basically coerce people to do like tasks for them and mm-hmm. they coerce them by saying like oh do this thing for me uh and i'll give you magic powers and people are dumb and they do it and that's why she's <laughs> really mad at, at people like montgomery where she's like you do get that like you've you've done the exact thing that these terrible creatures want you to do so i do think um you know going by Prue's theory that like it might inhibit their ability to take actions but I don't know. It would kind of depend on like what actions he's taken. He suggested that he's taken a number of actions on behalf of the shadow. So I think it would slow its progress, but I don't think it would like kill it in any way. I'm wondering if it will negatively impact us. Like, is this Montgomery's plan? Does Montgomery want to get killed? Uh, I don't think he does. But that's oh, okay. Oh, um, <laughs> fair enough. He's also crazy. So yeah. yeah see that? That's what like probably has Cork the most nervous is like Montgomery's I don't know like he, he hasn't flexed his so-called power too too much in front of people I have a team what, to do it what, once, what so. happens if he when if slash when he does is that gonna be That's real true. Cool? like in the middle of his trial is he just gonna like zippy zap a bunch of people <laughs> That is why I plan to not attend, and also why I hold on to a uh, resist walk with spirits at all time, which is the ability where you can, after being hit with something, be like, just kidding, I was a ghost the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's my plan. Everyone else, you can fend for yourselves. Fair, fair. Listen. It's a good bodyguard E energy right there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's that's been my policy this whole time. Well, well, speculation o'clock. Oh, all right. Well, anyone uh, have anything else? Yeah, so we've been chatting for about an hour. So, any anyone got any closing statements on the winter event? No, that was a real good time. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I was again, I was super impressed with staff's way of framing that to be to do a lot of things while being chill and i was so pleased with how hard players brought their a game like food their costumes were outstanding Hmm. like the little role play moments i were so genuine i think there's like a really easy way at winter events to kind of play half in character half out of character i don't know if you guys find that 
Oh yeah. 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 But they're they're kind of mellower, and I think there's a degree to which like that's allowed, and and we lean into that in some moments. But I was really impressed by how many like very genuine character moments happened in like this short four hour time span oh, yeah. of like yeah. a very mellow event. And mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah, I hope that that next year I get to finish like meeting and making connections with all the people in PK because they're just so cool. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm yep. always really wowed by stuff that they bring. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I deepened a bunch and I, I've started a few, which makes me happy because I've kind of been dragging my feet on that. I mostly hang out with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the next year. Yay! Yay! Um, yes, uh, so long as the entire spring isn't cancelled. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with LARP season, but yeah. hopefully some of the later events will still stay in there. Alright, well, yeah. right, Everybody well, remember to wash your hands, yes. and thank you for listening. Yes, Bye. thank you. Bye! Bye. Shadow, Bye! Shadow Passenger, you can stop recording now.